Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Um, so after this week's episode, we might be m- having more heavy leanings towards Brienne as a character than Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> um, so to start off, though, we have some new people yay, joining us. Um, so I'm going to have you just introduce yourself. Um, uh, probably we'll start with Sandwiches Yum Yum, who has probably the best character or name in all of fandom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So Hello. Um, <laughs> Hello, I'm Sandwiches. Um, as Lady of Tarthas just said, I write things under the name Sandwiches Yum Yum. And I haven't even been drinking beer yet. I've actually remained sober th- uh, for this uh, event, so well done me. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> awesome. We are too, I think. We'll see. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, next, uh, our, our new person is... I am Guile in Subterfuge, or GS, or Guile, and I write things as Mother of Firkins, and I actually haven't even thought about getting something to drink, so <laughs> I don't know what I'm thinking. As moderator, I don't get to have fun. It's <laughs> tea for me. <laughs> You're not one a drunk moderator, trust me. Oh, and no. Of course, returning with us is the lovely... Hello, I am Torgover. Sometimes I'm known as Evil Torgover, and I still ship Jamie and Brienne on the show and in the books. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, one out of four ain't bad, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's everybody for this uh, episode. Um, just right off the top, just so you know, if you're a new listener, this is um, Spoiler City. Uh, we will spoil the show, we will spoil the books, so if you don't want spoilers, you might want to hit stop now. Okay, so if you're still with us, let's just go right into it. Okay, so this episode, um, we kind of open right where we left off. We see Joffrey's dead purple bloody face. Um, Cersei's (laughs) screaming for Tyrion to be arrested. She's yelling, where's Sansa? Um, And then it cuts to Ser Dantos racing through the alleys um, with Sansa. He's jumping into a rowboat, and the reveal is they get to this ship um covered in fog is lord baelish um i thought with this scene the mood was really well set um i don't know how you felt about it but it definitely did not feel like sansa was going to a safe place (laughs) no um well for me um i i loved the fog bank of contrivance when they were in the rowboat <laughs> Behold the fog bank that will obscure them from any view. It was so sunny earlier, and then <laughs> and suddenly fog everywhere. Very changeable weather there at King's Landing. Yeah. Well, and actually, have we analyzed? You know, because it was it looked like about midday when Joffrey died, and now it's nighttime when they're going there. So where were they in that six to eight hour period? I think Ooh. they were just rowing around in circles in the forest. <laughs> they probably lost. The ship was right there. But I wonder if they it. passed Gendry. <laughs> I, don't, I wonder if they ran into Gendry on the way. <laughs> Ships passing in the night. 
<laughs> that would be a great plot twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> I want that fic. <laughs> well, I, I quite enjoyed the way that it picked up right where the last episode left off. I remember the show did that once before when Ned died, but has it done that since then? You know, I was trying to think of that too, and I couldn't recall either. I don't think it has. I think this is the only, the second occasion that that's happened, yeah. Um, it was really well done, of course. I mean, um, and I did like as well um, Tywin's, you know, immediately being in charge. He was he was like, you know, nobody gets out of the city. Charles Dance being awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm always up for that, so <laughs> that was good. That's just his default setting. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so after the, the scene with the ship, um, it's cut to to Marjorie and Lady Olana Tyrell. And um, they're discussing um, Marjorie's prospects for the future. And um, definitely we know Alana's definitely in on it. But um, one of the points of discussion was whether or not Marjorie uh, was in on it. And the last time we talked, I was kind of leaning towards, yeah, I think she was had a part in it. I, I don't think so. I think yeah. um, I think she, uh, she certainly comes across as not being aware of this being a plan that has been put into action for well, her. She she seemed a little miffed that he died, actually. Well, yeah, it was her exact quote was, I must be cursed. So she definitely <laughs> was not in on it, according to this episode. I still contend that she is in the books. <laughs> well, it seems a bit unrealistic that Olena presumably puts poison in a cup that is right next to Marjorie without Marjorie knowing. I mean, it would have been so easy for her to drink it, either, you know, in book and in TV show. It could have been a case of her just, she maybe she was in on it, but she still wasn't completely on board with it. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe why she was a little claiming to be cursed and so on. Mm-hmm. A thing I loved about this scene, though, was actually, I, I know... I mean, we can talk about whether or not Marjorie knew, but the thing I loved about this scene, and it, I just found it hilarious, probably inappropriately, was when <laughs> was when Elena was talking about her dead husband, and um, she was saying, "Oh, um, you know, they they brought his body to me, and he was all bloated, and you know, <laughs> and she she did not look sorry at all." She, <laughs> she was, she was actually sitting there with a sort of half smile on her face. What a wonderful day that was. <laughs> Which I found hysterically funny. Um, I really enjoyed that and I probably shouldn't have. That made her the true head of the household and she seems to me to be the type that would like that very much. Yeah. But I imagine she was always sort of the head of the household, even when he was alive. Yeah, I can't imagine her not being right. <laughs> seems like he was a bit scatterbrained, too, so I feel like he was probably off falconing all the time. <laughs> he probably encouraged that. Right? Yeah. I'm not thinking. <laughs> you, haven't, you haven't been hunting for two days. You have to go now. <laughs> in the <laughs> books, though, <laughs> in the books, doesn't she say that he was, like, a good lover and stuff, though? Like, she didn't mind that? I think so. I have no but, clue. Uh, I'm not even going to pretend to <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to believe that. <laughs> I, I want to think she's had a good time at some yes. stage. Yes, exactly. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, from uh, Lady Olana Tyrell's sex life. To... <laughs> okay. So with the sep scene, we're going to cover um, up to the exchange with Tywin and Tommen and Cersei. Wasn't that strange? That scene just cut off as soon as Jamie entered. I mean, that, that was a weird <laughs> yeah. cut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I woke up. I was on the floor. I backed out. He said something nice to Tommen, and then it all. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Tommen and Cersei. Um, they're standing over Joff. Um, he's sitting there with his well, not sitting. He's lying down on the slab with the the stones on his eyes. And I thought the Silent Sisters did a very good job. He doesn't look purple anymore. <laughs> Some excellent body preparation there. Um, and then we see Tywin come in, and he's basically schooling Tolman on what makes a good king. He's kind of giving him a little bit of a pop quiz, and he's doing well. And I really, I gotta say, I love the way Lena played this scene. Like, she was so subtle. She didn't say anything. It was just her expressions as she was looking at this exchange happening. Um, what did you guys think? Um, I thought she did play it very well, actually. And um, I I really loved Tywin's classroom of inappropriate timing. It was just... Um, <laughs> great quote. You know, um, not really a great time to be, you know, teaching your grandson yeah. about kinging or whatever they call it. Um, yeah, it just seemed a little inappropriate, but it's Charles Dance again, so awesome. Great. <laughs> Part of me actually sort of appreciated Tywin doing it, though. I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, if you're Tommen and you know, you know, you know, your brother died, you know, someone killed him, you know what he was like, and it's almost Tywin's way of saying, "You are king now, and I'm going to help you so that this doesn't happen to you." Hmm. I just might like Tywin a little bit too much to actually think anything poorly of him at this point. So <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to spin it in a positive way. Wow. Plus, I, you know, it's Tom, and everything he does is adorable. Well, I think it really uh, hit rubbed in the way that Cersei is really the only one that's even a little bit sad about Joffrey dying. Right. She's the only one that loved him, right? Really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even, yeah, even Tommen is slightly... Well, he's he's not very emotional about it. He's more confused about the questions, really. Mm-hmm. And he's very eager. Because- he is eager, and he, but he has no kittens yet. I, I no. <laughs> immediately. I swear to God, if he's eating beets next episode, I'm writing. <laughs> he had better Do get they not read the books. <laughs> he had better get these fucking kittens. If they cut the kittens, I'm out. <laughs> it's gonna be kind of weird though, because he's a bit older now. They've aged him up. Hey, adults <laughs> like kittens too. I suppose. <laughs> One thing I did. I did really like um, the costuming department and how, you know, in the past you saw Tommen in those embroidered jackets and coats that were very much like Joffrey. And now he's wearing something, you know, that brown coat that's very much like Jamie. And I kind of like the symbolism of that, like telling us, you know, this kid isn't like Joffrey. This kid is going to be more like this guy until, you know, until three minutes later. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It was like a very short lived happy moment. (laughs) that's quite an observation though i just noticed that so my question is do you think that tolman is behind joffrey's murder in some way no yes oh okay so we had gs say yes so why do you think well i don't think he actually did it of course but i think like his mere existence created a plausible and desirable outcome of Joffrey's murder. You figure the Tyrells could have, you know, reasonably assumed that A, they know this kid, they know he's not a psychopath, and B, 
they're going to be able to marry Marjorie to him, and it'll be fine. So it, many weddings. Uh, <laughs> if there wasn't a Tommen, you know, it it would make killing Joffrey be incredibly destabilizing and maybe not worth it. That makes a lot of sense. I like that point, actually. There you, you may have swayed sandwiches. <laughs> I'd have. <laughs> and how he's, about you, an innocent, he's an innocent little child. He had nothing to do with it. He just wants to play with kittens and slay beets and, and, and be a... I don't think Tolman had anything to do with it. <laughs> did Tywin have a play? Oh, oh I did Tywin? Tywin? Oh. <laughs> I thought you said Tolman too. So you, think did Tolman I? Had, you think Tolman helped orchestrate Joffrey's murder? Well, this so... thing has just gone to Cracksville. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> Me too. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll have to listen back and make sure I did say Tywin. Anyway. We haven't even been drinking. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but no, um, certainly Tywin, um, I don't think he's too heartbroken. I think nah. he should have had something to do with it. Like, it actually is, would have been a fine idea on his part. That's probably what him and Elena were talking about when they were having that walk the other day. In the previous episode, when they told Mace to go away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had important things to do. Well, it's not a walk in the garden without a little plotting murder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if we'll ever know, but it's always something I was kind of curious about if Tywin had a play in it. Um, so then a bunch of other stuff happens, but we won't talk about that right now. <laughs> Let's go on to the next scene after the Sept is um, Arya and the Hound. And <clears throat> they're on the way to the Eyrie to see Aunt Liza. Um, the Hound is hoping to sell Arya for gold. Um, she's posing. Oh, we have a man coming across a bridge, um, a farmer with his daughter. And, uh, Arya says that she's the hound's child, which is kind of <laughs> scary, but <laughs> they offer them rabbit stew and a place to stay for the night. Um, I thought this was a cute scene when they were sitting at the table and they were going <laughs> through the prayers and they were just eyeballing that stew because they're both starving. And they just kind of, when they finally grab that pot, they just... It all like just comes out onto their bowls. <laughs> and I, so gruff. And I love that Sander is like he he would make the worst undercover person ever. Right. <laughs> he, he just he just can't do manners. It's <laughs> and Arya's trying to be all wily and oh yeah, this is my father, oh, and then he's like, give me that stew. <laughs> and he and he steals most of it too straight away you know I'll be going to pray for all seven right I'll have all of the stew now and he just had all those chickens why is he even hungry <laughs> that's why that's why he stole all the the stew because there was no chicken I mean he was oh. really disappointed <laughs> yeah. no this... ale and no chicken <laughs> he's over chicken he's all about rabbits now yeah. This scene actually kind of made me a bit sad because I don't know if you guys have seen the movie The Searchers. It's an old John Wayne movie. Yeah. And, it, you know, the, at the very end of it, it's kind of like he's gone so far over the edge that he doesn't know how to – he doesn't belong and he doesn't know how to deal with normal society. And, you know, I'm not surprised about that with the Hound, but then you have Arya, who's this little girl, and she already – she can't – she doesn't know how to act anymore right. with, you know – there's no normalcy in her life. Right. And it's just kind of heartbreaking. 
Right. That's yeah. kind of uh, leads well into my question that I was going to pose about this scene, because we see kind of a reaction as Arya's listening to them describe the Red Wedding, and her reaction is quite, there's no reaction, right? Like, Mm-mm. there's nothing. But when we see Sansa, again, she kind of veiled her emotions when she was overhearing about the Red Wedding. But at the same time, you could see there was something going on beneath the surface, like she was upset. So... My question then is, do you think that Arya's, I guess, her sociopathic nature that she's kind of developing throughout the story gets glossed over a lot? I know she's a fan favorite, but I don't see a lot of people really taking issue with it too much. She was pretty upset when she saw it the first time. I think she had her moments in crying over it, and now she's, I think, a lot of it had to do with she's trying to cover up. She's trying to not out herself. I think some of it, too, is she's been in situations where she's a little girl amongst a bunch of soldiers. And so you sort of place her in that group mentally. But then when you see her in a setting with another child, that's when you kind of see, like, the difference between right. who, you know, she should be like that little girl, you know. And instead, she's more like this rough soldier who's been in a war. I mean, she's a child soldier, essentially, right? Right. Yes. Yes, very much so. Mm. Very astute observation again. <clears throat> um, so I know people have had uh, issue with this next part, and it's where the hound robs the kindly man, as I've dubbed him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, on first watch, I thought he killed the guy. Um, but when I watch it again, it looks like he's just injured. I don't know if that yeah. makes it any better, because I was pretty upset when I thought he had killed him. Um, no, I, I agree, because obviously in the books it goes slightly differently. We're, we're going to be saying in the books it goes slightly right. differently a lot today. Um, um, yeah, that was kind of shocking. I mean, um, it's a difficult thing again. Um, I I didn't feel that it felt right for me personally. I found it quite jarring to watch, but um, it was well done within what it was. I mean, I did uh, quite enjoy sort of Arya running after him. What have you done? (laughs) As he's checking his cell phone. (laughs) You're you're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms. That that, that has to be on a t-shirt. But, um, yeah, (laughs) I need that t-shirt now. Um, But basically, um, the scene didn't sit well with me and, yeah, um, I didn't like it. But, it wasn't too distressing for me within the context of the whole episode. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't that bad for me, I don't think, because, I, I don't know, I just don't... I'm not sure it was that that much of a divergence from his character so far. I mean, yeah, it sucks that he <laughs> bopped a guy on the head and robbed him, but, you know, eh. That happens. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did like. It. I thought you had a code. <laughs> you know, it's a variable code. Yeah. Like one yeah. episode, he's like, "No, I'm over that code. New code." Guy well, and it was kind of ridiculous that to me it was a bit ridiculous that people were complaining about him stealing because uh, how does he have Arya except that he literally stole her from the Brotherhood? <laughs> so to you know to act like he's oh the Hound would never steal except for the girl that he's with that he stole. <laughs> seemed a bit much. But I did miss like I liked kind of the poignancy of the of the book scene when they're in the Vale and working in that little village and they kinda of get yeah. run off. Like I liked that, but I 
I didn't think this scene was that big of a divergence from, um, you know, the original story. Right. Well, it certainly has no great effect on the ongoing tale anyway. Right. Yeah. Am I hearing a key tap? You might be. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I disagree. That was a terrible (laughs) characterization of that. Sir Pi has something to say. (laughs) There are not enough kittens. (laughs) Get Tom and some kittens. Okay, so the next scene we have um, is of Sam and Gilly at the wall. And I thought this was kind of cute, actually. (laughs) They're like sitting down, plucking some poultry. And one thing I noticed that kept coming up, I think I counted it three separate times, is this constant reminder that there are only 100 men at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Three times that came up. Um, But it was kind of cute because you kind of see Sam being a bit protective of uh, Gilly and he wants to take her to uh, Molestown. He doesn't like the idea of her being surrounded by all these men. Um, I don't really have... Moles. I'm sorry? Who visit Molestown anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, go on. <laughs> I, was say, I couldn't really formulate any questions with this scene. I don't know if anybody wants to throw in anything. It's a pretty short scene. Um, you know, it was sweet. Sam and Gilly, that's what you get, I right. think. Sam's a nice boyfriend. He would be, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another nice boyfriend is Davos and Stannis. No, <laughs> I am not a Stannis Davos shipper. Team Dragonstone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so we're in uh, Dragonstone and uh, the Stormlands are living up to their name. That's uh, Storms are brewing outside. And uh, Stannis is reading a letter that Joffrey is dead. So, yay, Melisandre's magic works. Um, <clears throat> he's displeased with uh, Davis's attempt to rally the houses to support him. And um, Davis is trying to tell him they need to look east, get some cell swords. Stannis says, we have no gold for that. Davis says, not yet. So... <laughs> <laughs> Um, again, I really couldn't formulate any questions for this segment. Um, I should have got some, uh, uh, some comma splice. <laughs> I'm sure she would have had a ton, right? Um, anybody else want to throw anything else in here for this scene? I just want to say that Stannis is my happy place on the show right now because every time I see his face, I start laughing. <laughs> Which is not the reaction I think no. they're going for. But I just, I love his scowl. I love how unhappy he is about everything. Everything. It's just his, his unhappiness brings me joy. <laughs> I, I know Stannis fans are not really that happy with his, this characterization of him, how he's sort of... Wah, wah. <laughs> Debbie Downer of West. Right. <laughs> I, I was watching this with my daughter, and she actually said that Team Dragonstone would be the most miserable Pokemon team ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a happy looking dinner, was it? <laughs> I would pass on that dinner invite. <laughs> See, I, I would honestly like dinner with Stannis. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the food will be rotten, but the conversation will be hysterical and, and very awkward. <laughs> bring it, <laughs> like, so bring awkward. it on. You have some strange idea of fun there, GS. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> okay, um, so Shireen and Davis. Um, 
So we're seeing Shireen teach Davis how to read, which is oh so sweet. Everyone enjoys that. Um, And he's speaking to her about her father's lack of recognizing the finer points of bad behavior. And then he has this like light bulb moment in his head and gets her to write a message to the Bank of Bravos. Somebody help me out here. What is this about? I think Um, like this is essentially Stannis like or Davos is basically stealing Stannis' mail and there's a credit card application in there. (laughs) And then he's having having Shireen kind of sign Stannis' name to it and sending it in. It's the most intriguing loan application I've ever seen on television. Pretty much. (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that. I hope hope he signs it by mistake, the onion (laughs) Knigget. I did love they gave Shireen, like, they clearly showed you that Shireen was Stannis' daughter, though, when she was really pissed off at Davos for being oh, yeah. <laughs> that, was that is not how you do it. It's like, oh, yep, yep, mm-hmm. you're your father's daughter. <laughs> Doing that, don't they? They drop these little hints in about her character. Oh, you're just as stubborn. <laughs> I've heard that, like, every time now she's popped up. You are your father's daughter. But I did love his house moment, though. It was literally like he was in the program house, and it was that moment when the great revelation happens. And I'm still not <laughs> entirely sure what it was. Me either. But, <laughs> but he was clearly having one, and it was great. <laughs> Team Dragonstone can hope it was great. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, um, so then we go back to Sam and Gilly again. Um, they're in the filthy, gross Molestown brothel. This is by no means the pretty silk drape brothels of King's Landing. This place is disgusting. <laughs> hey, this is a nice place. They have medieval condoms. <laughs> uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I really like the creepy smoker throat horror that they had. <laughs> I my eyes off her. She was fantastic. <laughs> there are no small parts. <laughs> uh, and, go ahead. Uh, the only thing I've really written about this scene is that my new crack ship is Sam Samuel Tarley and Common Sense. <laughs> 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 Let's get you safe into the town in the brothel. Oh no! In the, in the brothel of oh my god, doom! Look at it. <laughs> No, that's it. That's all I can say. <laughs> Sam, what are you doing? Etc. <laughs> there is um a, a cute throwaway line that I don't know if you've noticed um was when she was saying Gilly was saying to Sam, "Oh, you can protect me," and he said, "I'm a brothers of the night's watch. I can't just stab them in the back." Dun dun. dun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it it shows that he's more afraid of the brothers of the night's watch than he is of. Others are wildlings. Right? Mm. That's a little bit of common sense. Your shit might be coming true. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> My new OTP is coming true already. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> speaking of silk drape whorehouses, <laughs> we segue into Oberyn and Elaria doing what they do best orgies. <laughs> In case we could possibly forget that these two love group sex. Here it is again. Yay. (laughs) And it was subtly done, I thought, don't you? uh, Oberyn might as well have been wearing a crown, just going, I am the king of the pansexuals. (laughs) (laughs) 
Everybody come here. <laughs> I just uh, right. And then Lord Tywin's gotta come in and just ruin it all. <laughs> and how weird was that seeing him in that setting? I was very uncomfortable with that. I was half surprised mm-hmm. that Oprah didn't go why are you closed? <laughs> Hop on in here. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know, for me I thought it was a strange strange place to make that conversation happen. Like because we all know Tywin has this thing against whores, supposedly. Well, you well know, I mean, it's the classics. Oh, go ahead. Well, the the best way to convince someone uh, when you're trying to negotiate with someone is to go to their own place of comfort. And where better to convince Oberyn to do anything than in his favorite place in the world? Yeah, I could see that. G.S., what were you going to add? Oh, I have two things. First, which, okay, do I remember it? Um... No. Second was why is Oberyn going to the going to uh, Littlefinger's? Does Oberyn need to pay? Maybe he's I don't running think a so. Nab. I don't know. Well, no. I mean, I'm just saying I don't think that he would need to pay ladies or gentlemen to sleep with him. Mm. Maybe he wants professionals. Maybe, but mm. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he could get by on his own. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I could have you seen the dude. They're probably a little more. Uh, he can probably get more of what he is into there than he would in your normal tavern or whatever. Yeah, the cat wants to weigh in again. <laughs> <laughs> he heard whore and came running. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, and, uh, and I would just like to give extra points to Charles Dance's eyebrow because that just that eyebrow flick as the young ladies and gents left the room. In their state of nakedness, was wonderful. That eyebrow, yeah, the, just, well. a, just, a, just the flick of the eyebrow. Well done, Mister Dance. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is more going on with this whole scene. Other well, there than, is, oh, yeah. Example. Oh, yeah. There's let's plot. Go, right. Let's go into that a bit. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> Tywin is uh, questioning or inquires about Oberyn and if he had learned um, the study of poisons when he was at the Citadel. Of course he has, so he's Im- kind of implying that maybe you had a part in it. But really, it's just just to, to begin the conversation, I feel like, because he wants alliances with Dorne. So we kind of get that whole scene playing out. Um, and he's offering him, you know, some, some uh, incentive to cooperate. He wants him to sit as a judge um, and sit on the small council. Uh... Anybody got anything to add? The dragons over in oh, space. Yeah. When um, when Tywin um, mentions the dragons, I think I actually saw a post on Tumblr or something where it was like, uh, "Excuse me, be right back. Have to write to all of Dawn right now." Because <laughs> 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 he was like, "Yeah, because yeah, he does." Um, he does sum up their threats, right? It's um, the wildlings yeah. to the north, the Greyjoys, and the Daenerys with the dragons. So, yeah, yeah, there was that moment, a light bulb moment for. <laughs> Might be planting seeds for later seasons. Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. So, Podrick and Tyrion. Um, we see Tyrion's tied up in his cell. I don't know. Actually, was he tied up? He wasn't tied up. He was just sitting there. Anyway, Podrick comes in and brings him some gifts, food, cheese. That's pretty awesome. I like Podrick. If he brought me cheese, that would make me happy. 
Um, <laughs> he tells them who his judges are for the trial. It's, of course, Tywin, Mace Tyrell, and Oberyn. So I guess he said yes. <laughs> uh, he gives um he says he's supposed to acquire a list of names to be his witnesses. And that's when he finds out Sansa has <laughs> run out of town, <laughs> making him look all the more guilty. Yeah. He's a little bit surprised that Bronn can't be a witness. And that's a little worrisome. Um, he asks for Jamie. And then Podrick admits that he was approached by a mysterious man to testify that Tyrion had ordered to procure the strangler poison. Um, so any theory on who is setting this up? Do you think it's Littlefinger? Do you think it's Cersei? Who's trying to set Tyrion up as a poisoner? Hmm. This is too hard of a question. <laughs> I just think it doesn't. I, I, I'm not sure it even matters because I don't think Tywin cares. He's fairly convinced it's true anyway, and he's already rigged the sort of judging panel as such, in so far as he can. Right. Um, as much as an embarrassment it would be to have uh, his son be a murderer, it would be even worse to have his daughter accuse his son falsely of being a murderer. So he's going to want to make sure this all goes as smoothly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, I just think it's a huge strategic error by Tywin, and I mean, I think it's totally driven by the plot, of course, but I mean, in there's no way that Tywin realistically should be letting Tyrion take the fall for this. Right? I thought it doesn't. It never made any sense to me. Yeah, maybe are we just supposed to believe that he really does hate his son that much? I think so, or else that he they're so dependent on the Tyrells that they couldn't. You know, they mm-hmm. couldn't point the finger at them, and they couldn't point it at the Martells, and for whatever reason, they were unwilling to just sort of go with the lie that, oh, he choked, it was a tragedy, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Well, if they were really trying to uh, just sweep it under the rug, they would probably just go with it with Santa alone, right? Yeah, She's gone, true. I mean, she's not going to defend herself. Oh! Are you okay? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, someone just walked in. <laughs> Hello, someone. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, Sorry. So one thing that deviates from the book, and I, I know we say this a lot, but um, Tyrion um, tells Pod to leave. He realizes Pod's in danger because people are trying to include him in another plottings. So he tells him he has to leave King's Landing. So that's a bit different, right? Because in the books, he just... We know he escapes, <laughs> and I think it's just because Pod's a bit older. Where you know, in the books, he's a, you know quite a bit younger, and it's kind of hard to imagine him being threatened in that way that he is now that he's you know that he's older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not a big point, just a point. <clears throat> I think I think it was more important that we be told basically where he hid the cheese and sausage because in his I pants. <laughs> work that out. I've seen it twice now and I just do not know about anyway. He's just, he's just the most just, ingenious squire ever. Brienne is going to be such a lucky gal. Aww. I can't wait to see them together. <laughs> I mean, we know he hid it in his pants, right? Like That's what I assumed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Magic pants of Pod. <laughs> Podrick's magic pants. That sounds like a children's book. <laughs> oh, Patrick Payne in the magic pants. Okay. 
<laughs> Moving on. <laughs> wildlings. Um, so we get to see wildlings doing what wildlings do best, being wild and killing a bunch of people. <laughs> Again, we're reminded, um, the hundred men. Oh, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of my notes. Um, they get this child, pull him out from under the cart. The Fen dude is like, look at your mummy and daddy, I'm going to eat them. Do you know where Castle Black is? Send them a message. Any thoughts on the wildling scene? Um, well, I think it started, well, it, it started and sort of abruptly changed as I expected because it was open like um, the Shire in, in The Hobbit or something. It was like, mm-hmm. ten seconds of pure happiness. Oh, death! Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, and, and oh, look, and, and your mum's dead as well. Oh, sorry about that, lad. It's all going wrong for you now. Um, uh, basically, what you'd expect in Game of Thrones. Right. No, no place can ever be happy for more than ten seconds. Yeah. And they did a good job because I did feel for them. <laughs> I didn't know who they were, but I did feel for them. Mum well, roasting Dad Kebab. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, Mum roasting Dad Kebab. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I asked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the kid makes it to Castle Black, delivers the, the message, and again, we're reminded 100 men are all that they have. Wait, how many men? I, how many? Of, I don't think I heard the first time. Did anybody? Now, was Sam that? there? So is there 100 it, it or 101? It was a thousand, right? Yeah, they said a thousand. It was an interesting point when they have the um, those rangers that returned, that managed to escape uh, the, the Craster's Keep. And uh, John says we have to go there and kill them because they're the ones that know we only have a hundred men. <laughs> <laughs> so they got to keep ants in the dark. So they're going to go out there, I guess, and kill them, guys. So if it they does... each killed a hundred men and there's a hundred of them, how many men would they kill? <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> Okay, so uh, that's all that scene was. I don't know if I wants to. Can we move on? Are we good? Um, We're good. Well, I just, I just think it's ridiculous, you know, that they've been going. Apparently, wherever they've been, they've been going like there's a hundred men at Castle Black. Where, wherever they've been, <laughs> going to Crest, just, just so you know, man, right? Hundred men at Castle Black. Got Keep it to yourself. <laughs> don't tell anybody. We're going now. <laughs> Hundred men. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't tell anybody. Bye. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Hundred> like, <men. laughs> okay. They should have a sort of flying banner or something, you know, <laughs> just in case people That's forget. Their message, one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> What's with the numbers in this particular series? Because um, wasn't Jamie's age mentioned like three yes. times in the first episode? Right? <laughs> He's forty. 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 <laughs> And now it's like, hundred men, hundred men! It must be a code, like, lost. Oh my god. Okay, okay. I think we've it. solved who is Azora High. <laughs> okay. Um, so now, uh, the next scene we see Daenerys, and she's outside the walls of Marine, And uh, they uh, send out their single rider. Um, and Daenerys goes through her men, saying, okay, I need someone to shut this guy up. Who's gonna challenge this guy? Uh, Grey Worm's the first to offer himself. Nope. Sir Barristan. Oh, and then of course it's Dario's moment to shine. And again, we're gonna say, "Oh, this is a deviation from the book. This should have been strong." Belwas. <laughs> I have to say, I was not too upset about the change because I really don't want to watch somebody wiping their ass on TV. <laughs> I was quite okay with the peeing contest. <laughs> yeah. I, Man, I like. 
I really did think he would show up until the very end. I, I thought, man, strong Belwas is going to come. He's going to take a massive steaming shit on this guy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some flies will be in there. He really wanted that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Biggest disappointment of the episode, seriously. The most controversial decision they've made so far on the show. You know, the director, Alex Graves, actually thought that they had included Strong Bellwas in it. He said so in an interview. And then he, he went on in excruciating detail about how you look. He's right there. <laughs> that sandwich is hyperventilating. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so they um, trebuchet <laughs> the barrels into the walls, and you see these collars all fall out of the barrels, and you kind of see this, the wheels spinning on some of the slaves. You know, these are freed people. And you see the slavers, or not slavers, but the slave owners doing the, maybe it's time to go shuffle out of the sea. <laughs> oh, if they're smart, if you're a slaveholder... And she did that. Wouldn't you just put on one of the collars that she so handedly gave you so that everyone would think <laughs> the slave? Don't oh, don't spare him! Robes in my jewelry. I got a collar. <laughs> Take off. Thank you, Thank you for saving oh, and, me. Yeah. So I think we did see his star, though, correct? He was the tall, curly-haired young man. <clears throat> yeah, Ooh. I heard that theory. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, I, I ought to go back and watch that. I didn't notice that. Good eye, good catch. <clears throat> okay, so I don't know. That's just Daenerys doing her thing, freeing yeah. slaves. Um, so she's slaves really got her. She's really got her speech down. She's got that. I am. I am the Daenerys Stormborn. Uh, I still don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> if I were the people of Marine as well, I'd be like, "Where the fuck are your dragons? Like, I didn't come out here to see to not see your dragons." Yeah, I don't right? Know. I'd be pissed. Dragons? Is it bad that that's exactly how I felt? Where are my dragons <laughs> at? When they go to Essos and we don't see the dragons. Yeah. I'm just like, where, where are the dragons? <laughs> no, the, the only reason to go there, surely, um, at the moment. Because the whole going and freeing the whole slave thing is is excessively dull now. Really? <laughs> I, think, yeah, there's some, there's <laughs> I just want dragons. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd like sex and or dragons. Why not both? <laughs> with dragons. dragons. Sex, like sex on dragons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hate to leave this merriment, but we must oh. go on to more serious matters. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's that time of the podcast where I'm going to give my warnings. We are going to discuss the sep scene with Cersei and Jamie now. So there are, we are going to be talking about rape quite a bit um so if this is a trigger for you i encourage you maybe to stop listening now thank you for listening to this point and we hope to have you next week okay bye bye, bye. <laughs> see ya okay i think they're gone <laughs> it's probably just us now yeah <laughs> that's okay i like you guys <laughs> so this scene when i heard about it um, well, I knew about it from the books. I promised myself I was not going to watch it. <laughs> I was going to go to the kitchen, grab a beer, and pour it directly into my eyeballs. <laughs> now I've been forced to sit down, watch it a couple times, take notes, oh, and formulate man. questions. So this really sucked. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, 
So we see um, Cersei, she's mourning the loss of Joffrey, and she, as Jamie comes in, she, you know, says he's our son, our baby boy. She's basically, in my mind, uh, manipulating him. She's actually being tender to him in a way um, because she wants something from him. She wants him to kill Tyrion. <clears throat> so she's she reaches for him. She's kissing him, and she recoils at the sight of his hand. Jamie's, you know, very hurt by this, by the expressions that I'm reading on his face. And then you see it kind of dissolve into anger quite quickly. And he has his, why must the gods make me love such a hateful woman line? And then he starts tearing her skirts after several attempts of her saying, you know, stop, it's not right. She grabs him again, clutching his face, kissing him some more. He's pushing her down to the floor and he's... She's saying, no, not here. It's not right. It's not right. And he says, I don't care. She even said, stop it, I believe, at one point. <clears throat> and he says, I don't care. So there's been so much conversation about this scene already. <laughs> but let's beat this dead horse one more time, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> um, is there any way you can possibly read this as not rape? No. The way the scene was done, right? <laughs> To put it simply, no. Um, the way it was filmed, it, it was right. Um, and it was badly done. Um, I've seen a couple of interviews and things on the Tinted Webs where um, apparently the showrunners didn't think it was. And <laughs> um, that's... Beggar's belief, really, um. and that's got, that's really what has everyone pissed off. Because yeah, I've seen those interviews too, and they seem to be saying, you know, well, it's not. It's clearly it's a power play between them, and no, it's rape. And when you kind of paint it in sh- rape in shades of gray, that just doesn't work. No, nah. um, it it was ooh, it was difficult to watch for reasons, um, um, and it wasn't just difficult for. Um, people who are fans of say Jamie or Cersei um, my daughter who again who I watched this with today um, she is a show only watcher and she doesn't have a particular ship within the show but she was appalled she just went um, and not just because obviously it was clearly rape she said they've just trashed two of their most interesting characters because what happened there was so radically out of character for both of them that it didn't work. She said, I just felt like I was watching just a minute of a separate program about different people because it didn't feel right at all within the context of the story. So, you know, it's it's not just something that's limited to us because we've obviously had a great deal of upset over it, but it's it's something that, that... the ordinary show watcher is finding difficult to grasp as well. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think, oh, go ahead. It really does put us in a uh, horrible position because your choice is either trashing your favorite characters or defending this despicable behavior. And I'm not going to do either of those. So I'm just going to say it didn't happen. It's not canon. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's the, you know, that's kind of the most ridiculous thing about it is that we know what's going to happen to these characters in the very near future, as in like the next couple of episodes even. And there's absolutely no way and no reason for the characters to even act like this happened. 
Right. And which, again, makes it into you filmed a scene that you filmed a scene that was rape that has absolutely no business being rape. But then to even make it worse, your own characters are going to act like it wasn't rape. So I think the only reasonable thing to do is pretend that it didn't happen as a as a viewer. That's like impossible. which is horrible. I, I don't know how <laughs> yeah. you do that. I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't know either. Well, uh, I I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm good at ignoring stuff that I don't like. I, I'm a Same fan man. of the show. Com- I'm a fan of the show Community, and the whole fourth season didn't happen for anyone who worked <laughs> on the show or watches the show. Yeah. I, I'm an old hand at this. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm kind of this. I I, I guess I can get that separating your your universes. Like I'm a twenty year twenty year X Men fan. I love X Men. (laughs) Absolutely hate the movies. They get it so wrong. So it's almost like there's these parallel universe. You know, there's book universe Jamie, and now there's show universe Jamie, Mm -hmm. and they're not they're they're not the same. See, I I still like show universe Jamie as long as you just cut out that one little scene and place it into the not canon universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I guess is there any way like? Well, this is one something I said a little tongue in cheek. I think the only way that I could recover from this mischaracterization is in the next episode. You see Jamie and Cersei canoodling beside Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> like we get with Ernie's sharing a cigarette, you know? <laughs> ordering oh, some pizza. <laughs> that's the only thing that I think is going to save this scene. Frankly, I think no, no, I that, just think that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Or to or, dump yeah. in some yeses from Lena into the previouslys onto the DVDs, like from or here's just, forth, we actually have her say yes, like she does numerous times in the text. Do you have or, the text or even, and DGS? I know. I, I do actually. Do you want something? Can you read that the part where she's consenting? <laughs> Should I read it in character? <laughs> yes, please. French <laughs> accent. <laughs> I want different voices if Jamie interjects. <laughs> Um, hurry she was whispering now quickly quickly do it do it now do me now jamie 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 her hands helped guide him yes cersei said as he thrust my brother sweet brother yes like that yes i have you you're home now you're home now you're home so i think she consented yeah well, she actually inserted sort of tab A into slot B, didn't she? I love how I just tricked GS to read a scene out loud on our podcast. Yay, is that a first? That's a first. Yay! I'm going to just check that off my list. Well, I, I have to say, in the books, it was not a pleasant scene to read either. No. But at least it was uh, consensual I mean, on both ends. It's super disturbing. They're literally he's they're literally fucking their sibling in a church next to the dead body of their son. Like and she has a period. Like it really is <laughs> worse That's than what this. Said. Yeah, we didn't need the non consent. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, well, like, and I I think that's one thing. If there's any possible way to look at what the showrunners were trying to do here, they wanted to accomplish that uh that they wanted to make us n- remember that he's not a super great stand-up guy now still. 
but then they just went too far in that direction. Problem though, this has been a problem with the whole series though, that they tend to over sensationalize. They'll they'll say, you know, they'll take a thing from the book and they'll go, How can we make this bigger and better? And a lot of the times that works, but in this case what has happened is they've actually flipped the nature of it by by making the situation worse they've actually flipped the nature of it over into rape which was just a stupid mistake really so who's um, the blame? <clears throat> who's the who knows of blame? i mean i um, think it's the director and the writer director i think um, the writers didn't writer saying yes apparently yeah i think it's a tiny word it only has three letters it's not that hard to write <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> I really feel like yeah, it's the writer's fault. The editing as well. I think uh, a movie and a show can be saved or killed with the editing, and I think this could have been a consensual scene if it had been edited slightly better. Mm-hmm. So everybody, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Jack Gleason, just because. And, and that's that's one that's one thing. If anyone at any point had said, "I think this might not do what I think we think it's doing," it would have. I think they would have said, but stepped back and said, "Oh wait, maybe this does look like rape." Uh oh. Unless that was actually their intent, and what they're <laughs> saying now is hot air, which is entirely that's what it reads like to me. A lot of yeah. it is like some serious backpedaling that I'm not buying. And I think one of the things that's kind of, you know, we hear, you know, Jamie's not, you know, he's not a perfect person at this point. And we all get that, but it's going to be so jarring Sunday to see him do what we know he's going to do Sunday. And this is not, you know, is this the same character? I think it's just really jarring for the Mm -hmm. audience to have him go from this to that. Yeah. And I think that loses something because of this. Yeah. Well, you could see my hand gestures. This would make a lot more sense. <laughs> I'm imagining them. <clears throat> so, is there anybody that wants to add anything on to this? Well, um, I think I, I'm I'm so sad about what it's done to uh, just the fans and the Jamie and Brienne shippers, and I mean. Jamie Cersei shippers have to have it so much worse because they were looking forward to this scene as a great scene. I, I said earlier in a chat that it would be like if they messed up Oathkeeper for us or if they messed up the bear scene for us. Mm-hmm. I just feel bad for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jamie actually rapes the bear and that's how he <laughs> Did I take it too far? I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, well, visuals. Uh, Why do I have to be a visual person? <laughs> and we we were so close to being mainstream too, and then people just jump ship. Uh, so many people jump ship that Lady Hodor is now the more popular relationship tag on Ao3. So many people jump ship that JB Online sold its domain to a Justin Bieber fan club. So many people jump ship that JB Chat. Once again, officially means Jonas Brothers chat. So many people jump ship that sand sand shippers are starting to feel sorry for us. So many people jump ship that Brian Cogman declared himself a book-only shipper. So many people jump <laughs> ship that Bart the Bear II has been blackballed from Hollywood. So many 
happy people jump ship that our next podcast will be live streamed from Gilligan's Island. And so many people jump ship that the number of people left in the canoe can fit in an actual canoe. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. <laughs> I wrote those on set at 7 a.m. on Monday. <laughs> Oh, it's because you have a creative outlet. You're remarkably, um, yeah, you're remarkably uh, not angry at that point. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I have to uh, get my anger out some ways, and yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I think this dead horse has been done being beaten by us. <laughs> Just remember, it's not canon. Right. It's not canon. It's not How many people did you tell? Actually, that's a good question. How many people did each of you tell the next day that it didn't really happen in the books? Oh, I called my sister. <laughs> I, I had, I had the, the weekend before, I watched the episode with her, the last week's episode, and I went on and on about how much I love Jamie Aww. as a character in the storyline. And then it aired, and I thought, oh, what have I done? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Many emails from me on Monday. That was a dreadful, dreadful day. But um, on a lighter note, um, I would like to say I do like Littlefinger's new voice of evil, which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's nothing to do with what we're currently talking about, but uh, <laughs> he did it all for gold. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's going on there, but it's like Christian Bale in the Batman movies. This is changing. Um <laughs> Long may it continue. <laughs> I think that we should have a challenge for the next podcast. Everyone has to do the podcast in a little finger voice. <laughs> and See how long change. you can listen. Can you make it to the end? <laughs> but it could change two or three times. Yeah, no one has to have a great accent. You're safe with me. <laughs> I certainly home. ship it. <laughs> <sighs> Okay, so now that we're a little more merry again, I think it's time to wrap things up. So what I want to do is just um, send out a big thank you to everybody who's been supporting the podcast on Tumblr. Um, we had nice yes. messages from Clotho Spindle, Open Mouth Wide Eye, F7th has left several nice notes, Glamophonic, who left a great note suggesting that having Braun <clears throat> fight Brienne... In, as a sparring, sorry, having Braun fighting Jamie instead of Brienne was probably a more pragmatic, for pragmatic reasons, given Brienne's heading out of King's Landing soon. So that was a good uh, little back. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just for any non-Tumblr users, you can leave us a message at close the door and at gmail.com. Um, so this podcast is also now available on Stitcher. So if you have that app, you can find us there. Um, thank you guys so much. This was a difficult episode, and I really appreciate you sticking it out with me for this one. I had fun. Aww. Thank yeah. you for having me. And the cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, <you>. kitten. <laughs> and some pounce. All right. And the cleaning lady that came in earlier says hi to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you guys. And we'll have Larry the sound guy this week. <gasps> Oh, oh, special guest. Of, yeah, speaking yeah. of special guests. Oh my gosh. We know we really need to end this thing is a nice like sign off line. Does anyone want to give it a go? Um, how, uh, do you want Littlefinger? I want it in Littlefinger's <laughs> voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Right, I'll do that. I'll do those lines. He did it all for gold. You're safe with me, sailing home. Fantastic. Not quite working, but you know, <laughs> never mind. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.